Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. It is Saturday, May 25th. Wait, welcome to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We just finished Double or Nothing, guys. Uh, I'm joined here with Jesse Collings and Matt Morgan. Guys, how are you guys doing? Good. Great. Good, good. Uh, Let's just jump into it right away. Uh, I've been traveling from Vegas to here all day, so it's been quite the day. Uh, But, man, what an amazing show. It was... uh, the first ever AEW Double or Nothing, their first ever pay per view. Um, guys, uh, real quick, quick, quick thoughts. What did you guys think? Long, um, very great. Like you said, great show. Um, but as you see in my eyes, like I, I have this awesome match in front of me in the main event, and I'm not gonna lie, I kept falling asleep on and off. Not because the action wasn't great, but because of just the, the length of a show. You know what I mean? Which happens sometimes with WWE to me as well. You know those long five hour nights right um but that's being super critical i mean it was an amazing show yeah i felt the same way i thought it's a great show but i just wish some of these would get over before like 11 30 eastern time just for the sake of my own sleeping habits and that kind of stuff it just it was a really good show up it though i, I really enjoyed it i thought i thought it was a um you know what I liked about this as opposed to WWE, they will spread out their main events. Like they'll have one of the main matches earlier mm-hmm. in the card and, and what, whereas this show it built and uh, the first half of the show, I was kind of bored. I was like, I- I'm not feeling it. But by the end I was like, man, this was an amazing, amazing pay-per-view. I, lo- I love the, the theme, the look, it reminded me of WCW nitro back in the day. And, and, and that's a, a good thing. Like for mm-hmm. me, like it, it's, positive connotation so um man i thought this was a just freaking those last three four matches from dustin to cody yes uh, it was just amazing i thought the two matches before that like the crowd felt to me i I got concerned that they weren't going to be up enough toward the end of the night they were dying that early yeah i mean they died if if you go back no one knew who those guys were i don't know who those guys are (laughs) i cover this right yeah that and then also the the, the women's um, multi women's match too as well. That that not not the three way or the turn into a four way rather, but not that one. Right. 
Um, I thought it was, I thought the crowd was actually pretty good. I was, I didn't really know what to expect. That was one of the key things was like, how is the crowd going to react to these quote unquote non-stars? Cause I knew like guys like Cody and Kenny and Chris Jericho, right. I knew all those guys were going to get over and the crowd was going to be hot for them. I actually thought the crowd was pretty receptive and supportive. Um, the matches were okay. I don't think any of the undercard matches were great, but I was actually pretty impressed with how dedicated the crowd was. And I think maybe that comes with it being such a big fly-in crowd and that when you start regularly touring, if the people who quote unquote are not stars, then maybe you won't see that amount of crowd support. But I thought they were pretty good for, for this show and they didn't kill any of them. They didn't put them on after one of the best matches on the show, which is what WWE would do, which is they'd put on a mid card or undercard match, like after the world title match. No, I thought the crowd was great. Uh, you could tell the importance changed in the second half as opposed to the first. The first, they were just, you know, you're just kind of rooting for the company. Whereas in the second right. half, you're like actually invested in the storylines. No one gave a shit who won the matches in the first half of the show, right? right. Um, it, it, it's, it was a, just a showcase, but. Well, I think in the future, because we, they, I mean, we, they, the angles they set up for the show were, you know, Cody versus Dustin, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, Chris Jericho versus Kenny. And we all know all those talents. But I think in the future, if we start doing, you know, if they get to weekly television and all that kind of stuff, and they can build more storylines around the undercard talent, and we actually know who these people are, um, or mo- most fans will end up knowing who they are, then I think we might see more uh, kind of mm-hmm. more importance in the undercard matches. Yeah, but with those matches too, they also this is also the importance of not giving everything away. There's a reason why in wrestling there's a formula between the first match and the main event match. Um, every match has its job and telling their story and how much they're supposed to be telling physically speaking. Mm-hmm. And not everybody going out there and just trying to outdo one another. You can do that, but you're going to more times than not exhaust the crowd. And when your main event goes out there, no matter how damn good it is, the fans will not be where they should be because you got match number three going out there. WWE does it too. They do it too. They have an AJ Styles match that kicks off the show and I'm going, well, Jesus, there's not going to be another six matches that will touch this. Right. And, and, And the crowd is receptive to that. They get burnt out. It would take a Johnny Moxley to show up out of nowhere to, to, you know, rejuvenate that crap. Because as great as that main event was, I thought they should have been louder. I'm, I'm just being honest. Yeah, yeah. Jericho, the main event itself, yeah. That match was insanity. That was so good. But the crowd so wasn't good. Right. I think they weren't ready for that finish. They did hype up that he had this new backup. I love, and I love that finish, by the way. Yeah, yeah oh, really? Because I heard people not super yep. excited about it. But I think yeah. they did hype it up. And if you want to get something over, you got to let him win with it. You can't just yeah. have him hit it I'm, and then kick out. Third, you know, sixty-two counts and kick out. You know, it, it gets. You know, that's what we're too used to right now. I, mm-hmm. I liked how they. Uh, I liked how they did that. One. He had to win, obviously. Yeah, he had He's to, the star to to crown to crown Adam. It's going to be Adam Page, right? Versus Jericho. Yep. So so it has to be a good heel that Adam Page is going to win. And not just that, Matt, but um, anyone like MJF versus. Omega, no one, you know, uh, the mainstream does not know Omega yet. Whereas with Jericho, you Mm -hmm. can put him with anyone and they're like, oh, he's wrestling Chris Jericho. Okay. I don't disagree with Jericho going over. I would point out one thing I would point out is that if you get a lot of fans who don't know who Kenny Omega is and they want and they're watching this show for the first time, but they all know who Chris Jericho is. And then you have Jericho go over Omega. That's kind of the indication there is that Omega. Oh. Well, Omega's still dropping out to Jericho, the old name, as opposed to this new guy is going to beat 
Chris Jericho. I don't have a really a problem with Chris Jericho winning, but I could see the argument for why you'd want to put, you know, Kenny over Chris Jericho in that situation. Because it's all about their championship. It's more about Adam Page. It's more important that Adam Page be be, be built than it is um, Kenny. In their opinion, I guarantee you, Kenny's already more 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 over and more popular out of their opinion than Adam Page is. It's more important for Adam Page to have that win tonight because Kenny's already beaten Jericho. And those that say, well, they didn't see that in New Japan or whatever have you. Okay, I, I can see that too. But the, the championship is the most important thing, and it should be, to that show. So it's all matters about right. who's going to set up that championship match the most to mean the most when the champion is crowned. Um, and more importantly, they also segued immediately into Moxley versus Omega feud. And, and to your point, I, uh, 100%, I think if you're building Adam Page, him beating Jericho makes him a much bigger star than him beating Omega at this point. Yes. I think Omega is a superstar. He's going to be there. He's not there yet. Most, you know, the casuals, you're, you're going on TNT. You're going to, you, you need to get millions of people watching every week. People know who Jericho is. They don't know who Omega is yet. But to me, I'd rather watch Omega than Jericho. I mean, I'm, I love Kenny. I'm, 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 Jericho, uh, he's a superstar, but I mean, I mean there is a, uh, a shelf life, right? Like, he, he can't yeah. go on forever. So you need to but build these knows, stars soon. But he's more aware of that than pretty much anyone else in his team, <laughs> as far as knowing when to reinvent himself, knowing when he's getting stale, knowing when he has to zig when people expect him to zag he's he's very aware of all that and i don't he's not a guy i think is gonna like allow himself to get stale in that position yeah jesse do you feel comfortable running through the uh the undercard sure the whole undercard yeah. uh yeah i can pull it let me just pull it up real quick <laughs> i'm terrible at this stuff so <laughs> yeah, um so we we had the pre-show i don't know if you guys saw the pre-show um, i did yeah so we had the the battle royale to start which was a so my understanding was the format was there was 21 talents. There ended up being 22, but there was supposed to be 21. And they each drew they each five, all five of them drew card suits. And right. so they had like the aces come out first. And it was kind of gimmicky. Um, I get why they did it because it was kind of different than just a normal battle Royal, but it was kind of hard to understand, I think for people just tuning in. And yeah. uh, so they ended up doing, it was every other battle Royal you've ever seen in your entire life. I thought the battle Royal at all in was better. They basically ended up the biggest. The biggest spot I think was uh, Luchasaurus gave Joey Janela a choke slam uh, to the outside through a table, and Janela landed horribly. But it was it was a pretty good spot. And then it came down to the final four. I think was Luchasaurus, um, uh, Luchasaurus, Hangman Page, MJF, and Jungle Boy, right? Yeah, Jungle. Yeah, it was Jungle Boy. Yeah. And then it came down to um, MJF went to the outside, and then you had. Uh, Hangman Page threw out Luchasaurus, which led to an inadvertent bell ring, which was the first of two inadvertent bell rings on tonight's show. And then, of course, MGF came up from behind, did the whole, oh, the sneaky heel who hit on the outside is going to throw him over the top rope. But Hangman Page did not, in fact, go all the way over the top rope and touch the floor. He came back, he hit uh, MGF with the buckshot lariat, and then tossed him out, and that was the battle royal. And so... I mean, I I thought one of the things was weird in the match was that it was f- the winner of the battle royal was getting the future world title shot, and I think the announcer said it once, and we can talk about maybe the comments mm. later. But I think that's a huge part of this show is the comment. Oh, the comment sucked. <laughs> Actually, yeah, you I thought, thought it sucked. Yeah, I thought Alex Marvez was terrible. Um, I, I agree with that part. 
I, I, I Jr. was, you know, trying to. I feel like he's. Um, he dates himself sometimes. He doesn't need to. Exactly. I, I just felt like it didn't feel like a, a hip new thing. I felt like Jr. He was he was fine. Uh, Alex Marvez. I just he's like, what's? Oh my gosh, this is terrible. You know, like the, it was that kind of. Uh, that kind of uh, storytelling, there, which I thought he was, uh, and I like little, Alex, but there was a little bit of Renee Youngism, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I thought, I thought, I actually thought he was, wasn't as bad as some people thought. I thought when they threw it to him, he was ready. I think it was really difficult for him as an inexperienced wrestling broadcaster to like speak over Jr. or Excalibur who were talking a ton. And I think that was difficult for him. I and thought, Excalibur, was, and, and, and I think Excalibur, I think the, the, the mask, it just looks ghetto i just think oh, it, looks, like it looks amateur as hell to have and and he's good i like him on the uh i like him on the mic but when you cut to him and he's wearing the mask i my <laughs> personal opinion is it looks amateurish okay well well um why why was alex marvis picked for this i, I don't know what, I, what i'm missing out of all the people they could have do this why him well that's who they that's who they chose I where mean, is he, he from where, where do they get him from so, so he, alex Mark, he's an NFL broadcaster, and the idea is that he's going to bring a quote-unquote real sports feel to the promotion. And I think this is his first wrestling show he commented on, so I don't want to just completely bury the guy. But that was the whole idea behind him was that he was going to bring like a real sports feel. But instead, he was just the third wheel that kind of taught. He was he was kind of like when per- uh, Percy Watson just first started out, where he just kind of like didn't talk for like 30 minutes at a time. And then whenever you're talking, be like, Oh yeah, Percy Watson's here. I just, I didn't, that's why he's here. I thought, I thought Alex uh, was there. Um, I thought uh, Excalibur was, I thought he was good on the mic. Like when they didn't cut to him, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I thought he was good. But when you show him, it's like, you know, it it just felt too gimmicky. I don't know. I, I love Excalibur and, his knowledge of the moves and all of the different guys in the history and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really, really important on the show. And I think if someone else was there, it wouldn't no. have happened. Cause I think Jr. I think he, Jr. is better at doing certain stuff than everyone else still. But I also think there's some weaknesses there as far as calling a modern wrestling match or a modern style that he needs someone like Excalibur there. I think a two man booth between Excalibur and JR would actually be really good. Cause they seem to get more chemistry as the night went on too. Yeah. And take the mask off. That's he's not taking the mask. Yeah. I don't think he's taking the mask off. Yeah, he's not. Unless TNT wants him to. It, it, it looks amateurish, but all right, let's, uh, let's run. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Next thing uh, we had the uh, first quote singles match in AEW history, which was Kip Sabian versus, um, Oh my god, I can't remember right now. That's terrible. Sammy Guevara, mm-hmm. and this was like your typical basic pre-show match. It wasn't really anything different than what you would see as far as a WWE pre-show, as far as heat or time-wise. Sammy Guevara did a lot of f- nice flying earlier. Um, he did a corkscrew launch out of the outside that the cameraman kind of missed, and there was a couple of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning. Missed a few things tonight. Yeah, it was a little yeah. sloppy in the beginning as far as yeah. like missing big spots. I, mm-hmm. I did notice that too, and then. Um, Kip Sabian ended up winning the match. It was a, about an eight-minute match. Okay action, not really anything great. Kind of what you would expect as like a pre-show or a dark match. Yeah, also, I didn't understand. Um, you try to watch it. I guess I guess what I want to say is almost oxymoronic because I was going to say, if you, as a guy who doesn't watch this Sammy guy very much, 
and I see him come out with a stupid thing on his head. I'm like, this looks like a little kid with some stupid fuzzy bear thing on his head. What the hell is that? Um, Yeah, he's got like a panda bear gimmick. But then the other part of me is going, well, shit. I mean, most people that are watching this are in the know, and and they're smart marks, and they are watching this, and they do watch. They do know who this kid is. You know what I mean? Versus the mainstream fan that, like myself, probably tuned into this for the first time and hasn't seen a lot of these guys before. But I think that's a at this for this particular show. I think that's a majority of the audience are people like yourself, Matt, who maybe haven't watched a million uh, of Sammy Guevara's independent matches. But and they're like, who is this guy? I think there are a small group of people who have seen a lot of his matches. But I think a lot of the people watching this show aren't into that category. Otherwise, you know, Sammy Guevara wouldn't be wrestling on a lot of independent shows with only a few hundred people watching. And that's not a knock on him. That's just the, the facet of the industry is that mm-hmm. this is a bigger stage for him. So there's going to be a lot of people who are new to him, and that can be said for a lot of the people on the undercard. Yeah, and I and I people are going to start saying that I'm just kissing up to AEW because I I I love this pay per view. I thought it was one of the best pay per views I've seen in a long time, and uh, I loved how they built. Like it it was not like the bigger match, small match, small match, bigger match, small match. It built up the whole time. And this was a way to it's – it's like a UFC pay-per-view, right, where you put the exciting fights of people you don't really know about, but it's, it's going to deliver with the action. You deliver that on the pre-show, and, and that's what this was. And I thought it was – uh, every, every show is supposed to crescendo. It's right. supposed to be one giant crescendo, a big blur where you see a crescendo throughout the show. Just get bigger, 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 bigger. Right. And I, right. I, I, I thought this did it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Then we had the main card, the first official match on the pay-per-view main card, which was the th- six-man tag between SCU and Stronghearts. Stronghearts are the team from OWE uh, over in Shanghai, but they're really a team from uh, originally Dragon Gate in Japan. So it was Shima, L. Lindemann, and T-Hawk versus Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Uh, I thought this was a really good opening match. It was really fast-paced, trios match if you watch dragon gate this is basically a lot of their matches a lot of them are trios fast matches rapid tags guys flying mm-hmm. all over the place i thought it was the right match to open the show because it was fast guys doing a bunch of just different stuff i thought the owe guys looked really good mm-hmm. uh, they did a lot of cool stuff and the crowd was really into it the crowd loves scu and um i just thought it was a really good match uh scu ended up winning i forget exactly what the finish was i believe it was it was the best match melter ever yeah and good good opening match in my opinion and one thing i want to point out and i really love that they 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 uh uh press upon this in the announce booth is that all the tag matches you have a 10 second count to get in and out which right. is genius because now you don't bury the ref more importantly, these guys have time to get all their stuff in and do tandem offense. So when you're the young bucks or every team for that matter, all these guys look like they've been tag teams for years together. Their their, their chemistry is so damn good. Their tandem offense in this match, the three the, the trios, damn, I loved all their chemistry. I really, really did. And it was so like you said, it was so fast and succinct. And I dug it. This is one of my favorite matches, honestly. I really like this match a lot. Me it too. was a fun I match. I, I felt like the only, the only thing is you don't you don't care who wins either way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're watching, are you rooting for? Sure, either, those but... guys are my friends, so yeah. Well, <laughs> All right, well but, there you but, go. But Scorp, but you... Scorp, Scorp is a star. 
And I like that Jim Ross picked up on that. Yeah. Scorpio, I, I agree. Kind of left out of the three of them. You know what I mean? Pushed to the third place out of the three guys, him, Kaz, and Daniels. And he shouldn't be because that kid is a stud. And he's got a look, too. He's, he got he, a lot of the big spots. He could mm-hmm. you know, big dive to the outside. He looked he looked good. And JR liked him because he put him over really fast. Yes, he's athletic as hell. He really was, though. He, God, he looked good. But it's you know, and it, it's back to that UFC analogy where it's a hot match. It it was fun to watch. It wasn't boring, and it was uh, it was it was fun to watch. I you I didn't care either way who won, uh, and t- you know, and that was the case until we got to Cody versus Dustin. But I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. All right, then we had the women's match. It was originally announced as a three way match between Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, and Nyla Rose. Brandy Rhodes came out right before the match was about to start in her wrestling gear, basically teased that she was going to be the fourth person and this was going to be a fatal four-way. Instead, she said the match, she didn't want to have a great match. She wanted it to be awesome. Awesome Kong came out. The crowd popped huge for her. And then they had their match. The match was basically Kylie Ray and Britt Baker in the ring, trading holds, doing a regular wrestling match. And then occasionally Nyla Rose and uh, Awesome Kong coming in and doing stuff and then getting dumped to the outside uh, there was a really impressive uh, Tower of Doom spot where uh, Kylie Ray and Britt Baker attempted to give Nyla Rose a superplex off of the top rope. Awesome Kong came in, gave them all power bomb. That was a big spot. The crowd liked that. Ended uh, ended up uh, Nyla Rose ended up spearing Awesome Kong into the steps. That kind of took them both out. And then Britt Baker beat Kylie Ray in the ring. So Britt Baker picks up the first win in the women's division in AEW. Um, it was a good match. The crowd really liked it. The crowd loved Awesome Kong. I didn't think she did like a lot in the match, but what she did was really memorable, so that helped. Yeah, this was a tough spot because, again, Awesome Kong, you booked to be a killer, and I, I thought they had her sell way too much or this early. Um, way too much. She was selling like little kicks to the outside yeah. of the apron and stuff. But, but do you think they're going to use her, or was this a one-off? It seemed to me oh, like it was a one-off. one-off then, okay, then that makes sense. That, 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 I mean, that was the impression I got, but I don't know. But but um, but but but, um, but uh, Britt Baker is it right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's got she's the whole package. She's a superstar. I'm surprised yeah. WWE doesn't have her. Same um, here. You know, well, dentist. You know, like the, the whole resume. The ones, the the type of female talent they go after usually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she was. She was great, and she's got charisma. And um, Allie should never, ever. She's a friend of mine, Allie. I hope you're not watching. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Terrible in the booth. Terrible. Uh, that was. It was tough because it was already kind of an awkward three-man group, and then you just throw <laughs> yes. it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. It was, I it, it was, I mean, the match was what it was. It wasn't good uh, if you just watch it and, as a match, but it was for what it was, it was fine. Can we just be blunt? What, what, the, the other girl, Kylie, was her name? Yeah. What uh, is that? Bailey, Bailey wannabe. Is she Kylie making Ryan. fun of? Is she? Am I missing an inside joke? Is she making fun of Bailey, or is she just completely jack her shit? It seemed like she was exaggerated, Bailey. Which you should, you know, is Bailey's it, exaggerated enough as it is. You don't need to turn that. Dude, up this anymore. is way too Bailey-ish. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's not. I was surprised to see that. I thought maybe there's an inside joke I'm missing. Maybe they made this girl do this as a shot to bit. I don't. I didn't know what to think. I just know that well, was Bailey to me. It's just her gimmick on the independence is that she's smiley Ray and she's really happy all the time and she's kind of like this perpetually upbeat person, which I guess is similar to which is similar it's to Bailey's 
character, but Bailey doesn't have a monopoly on positive mindset in female wrestling. Uh, but Similar? Yeah, I, the Titantron said the same damn thing, but different. <laughs> it's, it had synonyms. That's the only difference. I was just waiting for her to be asking for hugs. <laughs> I, I'm being serious. That, that, that was very... Very similar, and I thought I was missing something here. She's been it. doing it forever, though. Kylie Ray has been doing it forever. Before Bailey? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know the timeline. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know when I'm Kylie not. Ray came in. I know the Bailey character was came was an idea that Dusty Rhodes had in NXT for her. And actually, I think they, they scouted her on the Independence Bailey and then said, mm-hmm. you're perfect for this character. And then when she got to NXT, they gave her the character. But if this girl was doing this first, then I, then I, then I take that back. Yeah, I have to check. Because this somebody brings yeah, it to we'll, WWE we'll first, to, we'll that, that's, that's, not, that's, that's not fair. Yeah, in the chat, I think people are saying that Bailey was actually copying Kylie Ray. Uh, I take that back. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think. I don't know. I, I don't they're think they're that's true. Related. Yeah. They are so similar. Come on. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's that was what I was seeing. But I, you know, Kylie Ray, I think is. Uh, I would be annoyed with her. I'm just telling you the truth. The stupid smiling stuff would get me. <laughs> I'm a bad. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a bad fan. I guess though. <laughs> Go ahead. Next match was the third <laughs> match of the show. It was the best friends versus and Helico and Jack Evans. And Helico and Jack Evans did a lot of flippy stuff. Uh, the best friends kept teasing that they were going to hug, but they kept broken up. Eventually, they got to hug each other, and the crowd popped big. This was kind of a, just an okay match. It kind of felt like the third not super important match on the card, so I thought the crowd was getting a little tired. It was yeah. just a match. The best friends ended up going over with the tandem uh, reverse super reverse pile driver double stomp off the top. Okay match. The work was good, but just kind of you don't have to watch it to really – Mm-hmm. Watch it, I guess. Was this the match where the lights went off? And yes, oh yes, sorry. oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah and then like throw. randoms came out. No one who okay, knew who they were. So, <laughs> so what my grass last week. Yeah. So what happened was after the match, the lights went out, and there were these two figures in the ring, and I'm pretty sure there were a team called the Super Smash Bros, who uh, were rivals of the Young Bucks in uh, pro wrestling gorilla like five or six years ago, and were and our independent wrestlers out of uh, Quebec and Excalibur knew who they were. And he said, Oh my God, is that who I think it is? And then like, when they came back, Alex Marvez is like, Excalibur, do you know who those are? He's like, I'm afraid to say if I do know who they are. And then we never heard of who they, who they were. Like, Sell so it we, to the crowd. No one knows who they are. You yeah, know, so no one know who what they were. Job on announcing. They and had the- like 10 or at least 10 like minions. And they're all like out of shape, fat guy, you know, they're like, all one of them, chubby. Bad. One of them <laughs> should not have been one. Right. I mean, I'm like, someone, I could take these guys out. Someone's wrestling school students were the, uh, oh the minions. Gosh. Obviously. And, that and, sucked. And the dude looked like he was wearing a Steelers helmet from far away. <laughs> oh yeah. Player Uno is the heavier guy. Player Dose is the guy. See, I don't know. I, I can't confirm that it's Player Dose because I haven't seen Player Dose without his mask on. So I have no idea who that guy, the, the smaller, more muscular guy was. But anyway, they laid them out. They hit a, I thought they hit a really, I never seen that move. They hit like a really cool, like, it was, uh, cool. It was like a, a doomsday device, but with like a flipping uh, diamond cutter off the top. It was cool. Then they made like a human throne and stood there. Obviously, they're going to try to push them as a monster tag team. They did something on Being the Elite a couple weeks ago where they teased that it was going to be the Super Smash Bros. were coming to AEW, but they never followed up on it, and I completely forgot about it. And then when they showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, the Super Smash Bros., they're supposed to be at AEW too. So I obviously think that this is some form of way to push them as a, as a top tag team. Uh, 
AEW came into the show saying that they wanted to have a great tag team division. And I think so far what they've shown is that they've taken it really seriously. Yes, definitely that. Yes. So I had I had friends over tonight for the first time for a wrestling pay-per-view in like four years, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been a while. And uh, they were like, oh, oh, so who are these guys? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> like it was... It was a, uh, I thought it was a flat ending, but uh, yeah, it was what it was. Well, here's the good news. They can only go up from here from a lot of those talents, right? This is this is the first pay-per-view with a lot of these people's first time being there. They've got to start sometime. And here, here's the thing. From this, from this <clears throat> match on, this show was amazing. And I mean, it was yeah. just like off the it hook. Was. I thought it was one of the best shows I've seen after this. Mm-hmm. All right. Then we had the uh, we did have the uh, Joshi women's. Hikaru Shida, Riho, and Ryu Mizunami versus Aja Kong, Emi Sakura, and Yuka Sakazaki. Um, I'll be honest. I only knew who Aja Kong was out of this group. I think everyone did. Yeah. But which makes me think that very few people knew who everyone else. I mean, I knew they were they were announced on the card, so I knew who they were. A lot of the women wrestle in Gato Pro, which is like a promotion run by Japanese people, but it takes place in Thailand. Um, And that's pretty much it. And I thought the crowd was nice and polite and they supported it. I actually thought the match was pretty good. Aja Kong is a legend. She's basically like the Japanese version, woman's version of Vader. I've, I've wrestled there. Um, her and Awesome Kong together as a tag team. Hey, real quick, why did they need this match? Uh, the short answer is Kenny Omega is a really big fan of Joshi women's wrestling and he wants to bring it to the mainstream. And so he, it was his, probably, I'm assuming it was his idea. I don't know for a fact it's his idea, but it I'm was, assuming it was his idea to have them perform on the show and that was and that was why they were on the show i i just felt like none of the people got over in this match i i, I did not know anyone before this match and after you know like it was not uh there was no showcase it it it, it was just uh, a way to kill time uh aja kong at one point hit a backdrop driver i believe on uh riho and almost killed her and that should have been the finish and it was not and i was a little bit disappointed um in that she went for a big uh animal hamaguchi style elbow off the drop top rope she missed that um and then they had the they they botched the finish because they did a i think she went for it again later in the match hit it and then it was supposed to be a three they counted the ref counted one two and then it was a really close near fall and the bell rung and everyone was kind of confused and then they continue the match and they just went right into uh, the other finish which was i believe i want to say it was ryu mizunami uh hit her finisher on imi sakura and that was the end of the match Somebody. i don't know if we'll see these women again in AEW. i assume we probably will just because it's this is only the first show but it was i think it was it was a, it was an okay match but like matt said i don't really see it wasn't really critical to the show at all Someone is saying that Rio was the nine-year-old girl that Kenny Omega wrestled at one time. Okay, I've heard that too. Rio was a tag team partner when she was a little g- kid with because she started when she was nine. She was a, a tag team partner with Kenny Omega. I didn't want to say she was the little girl she wrestled because I actually researched that and I couldn't confirm it, but it might be true. But huh. she started wrestling really young in DDT back in 2010 with Kenny Omega. She was uh, uh, his tag team partner basically, which was Kenny Omega and this little kid. Um, and then now she's 21. She's now full-blown professional wrestler. Uh, no. All right. Then we had I no, okay. Then we had, 
Then we had the Cody versus Dustin Rhodes match. I love the video package heading up into this match. Mm-hmm. It was a really good, it was a really uh, dramatic kind of video package. They played a whole, the whole music video during it. I thought it was really well done. And they ended up having a match, and this match was different than every other match in the show. Uh, Dustin bladed at one point and just bled and bled oh and bled. There was blood everywhere, blood all over Dustin, blood all over Cody, blood all over the ring apron. Earl Hebner, who was the referee, was, was had blood all over him. It was a really, it was really grotesque. Did they change the mat, or what did they do after this? Because that I think blood they was did gone. change the mat. They did do the whole. They did have a big layoff in between, like this match and the next match. They had a whole like recap of what had happened, and then they did the whole world championship angle with Bret Hart and MJF and all those guys. So I did think they changed the mat, but this was a brutal match. Uh, it really wasn't heavy on like a lot of wrestling moves. It was after Dustin bladed. It was basically Dustin bleeding the entire time and then occasionally cha- exchanging big moves. But I thought this came across great. The crowd was eating it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin hit a, uh, 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 a Yoshi tonic out of nowhere for a near fall. He hit the final cut for a near fall. Uh, Cody hit crossroads, got a near fall, went for the disaster kick. There was all it mostly mostly it was them just trading big moves, but it really worked because in Dustin was just so bloody and you felt so bad for him because he's this 50 year old guy and he's just bleeding for, for you know, gallons of blood or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Cody ended up hitting him. He, he, he gave him a low blow. Then he gave him the disaster kick and then he hit the crossroads twice, I think, and got the pinfall after the match. Dustin uh, was in the corner. Cody said, you don't get a chance to retire. I have signed you up basically for a tag team match against the Young Bucks at their uh, event in Jacksonville to fight for the Fallen in July. And uh, they're going to, I guess, they're going to be a tag team or at least tag for one more time. So that is, and they hugged and it was a nice emotional match. It was. This was really good storytelling. I mean, where do we begin? I thought this match was amazing. It was no flips, no, you know, no high flying. It was storytelling. It was like uh, gritty. It was what got me into wrestling as mm-hmm. a as a fan. Like that was, you know, uh, characters yeah. and and a, a real personal issue. And mm. there was the thing at the beginning with Cody destroying <laughs> that Triple H. Oh yeah, the, uh, the 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 little scepter or whatever that they had set up. Um, he the throne set up and he took out the sledgehammer and hit it with him. I thought that was a little hokey. I, I think some people were really upset it was, about that. It was like, out of nowhere. Yeah, you don't need to do that. Why? Stay classy, Cody. Don't do that, which I saw. On I, 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 I'm saying don't don't be classy, but that was just out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I thought it was just goofy. It's like It was kind of hard to tell if Cody was supposed to be the heel in this because I think he kind of was, but... He's he's also the big one of the biggest baby faces in the company, I, and I don't think that's really that important. I just it was it was kind of yeah. confusing to me what his character is supposed to be. I just felt like as the match went on, you knew you were behind Dustin, and you mm-hmm. wanted him to beat Cody, right? And Cody was the arrogant prick, and mm-hmm. Dustin was this, you know, like this uh, this legend, this veteran that he, he just will not die. He's bleeding buckets of blood, and you just you know he keeps fighting and. I thought this was amazing. I love this match. This was one of my favorite matches I've seen in a long time. Um, I thought it was amazing. I mean, I, I, it was, uh, I thought Dustin looked amazing. I thought Cody was great. It, 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 this, this match turned the show around. I thought it was a fine show up until this point, but it felt like an indie show, right? Like it just felt like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who wins or loses. There's no stars. And then this was like, wow, this is a, 
you know, a great show. And to be to be fair, I mean, though, not to crap on it, not not that to crap on the other guys, but those those younger guys, some of them, we don't know. This is their first time on. Right. Yeah, we know the two roads upside down, inside out. We're all mostly way more invested in them because they've had years and years of television, and now the, their YouTube channel. Where some of these other guys, not so much, if any. You know, so they got to, like I said, they got to start somewhere with a lot of these other younger guys, and they did. This is this was a launching pad for a lot of them. Now, you know, after this, and once they get their TV show up and running, then let's see what they're able to do as far as making us care about their characters as they're given more and more time to give us a reason. You know. So Matt, if you could pick five people to build the the promotion around when they go to weekly TV, who 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 are those? I five? think we saw from that match on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely the, the, the elite being, being the elite guys, no question. Um, I don't get Tarzan boy. I don't get it. I don't know what I'm missing with that. I don't understand it. Why, Jungle, why is jungle boy, jungle boy? What the hell's the deal with that? What am I missing? <laughs> he's, he's a good looking kid. <laughs> I think, uh, uh I, don't, I don't know. I don't want to crap on anybody. All right. So, so anyway, so. Let me think who else. I mean, the ones that we saw from the second half of the show on. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not, I, do, you, do you even say Jericho? That's a, that's a given. Right. But if we're saying for the next, what, five to ten years, then that answer changes. And we need those younger guys. They need to give us more reason to care about them. Because they're all nasty. They're all good as hell. It's just a matter of, I guess I give us reason. And they only need, and they have like, say they have 10 of those guys. They only really need like two or three of them to really break out and, and become real top mm-hmm. names. They don't need all of those guys. It's just like WWE and yeah. NXT. They don't yep. need all of those guys to become huge names. They just need a few of them. Yeah. We said Scorps guy earlier. Like he, he that guy's got a singles running him somewhere eventually. And Jungle Boy, I think is 19 or maybe he just turned 20. Um, yeah, I think he's a little, I think he's like 21 or 22. Luke Perry's son, obviously, he's yeah. had a, a, a rough year um, with the stuff he's had to go through. But uh, he, he didn't really do a lot. He has a lot of natural charisma. Yeah, you know? he has like if you if you, he's had, he kind of had a few matches in PWG that kind of broke out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of like a um, a young guy, like a, a young, good looking kid that people kind of want to like, and that in the future he'll grow and hopefully start winning some more matches and you'll see him kind of mature as a performer. And that's the whole idea. He's, but he's very green, I guess would be. I, I, so I watched nine or two and oh back in the day and I actually watched Riverdale. So I am, uh, you know, (laughs) I have no idea where you're going with that. No, Luke Perry is on those shows. Like he, and you know, he he passed away on this season, but, uh, Uh, I thought getting back to the Cody versus Dustin match, I think was this, I'd have to go back and watch like a lot of his matches, but was this the best Dustin match you've ever seen? Okay. I would have said, yeah, but then I know there's some Roddy Piper that WrestleMania, remember that backlot, that backlot brawl where they parodied the OJ chase. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're talking about match match. I would argue even some of his stuff with ECW when he came back for like the reincarnation of ECW when he was in the best shape of his life. At the latter point of his career, like he's wrestling like Jack Swagger, I think Sheamus, some other guys where he was like running the ropes a hundred miles an hour, and like out athletic, like being way more athletic than younger guys that were being called up to that young initiative was a talent initiative at the time, and he's wrestling circles around them all. Yeah, he um, had some really good matches uh, when he was tag team with Barry Windham, and like in WCW when he was really young, like twenty in his early twenties. I mean, good lord, it's so many. 
he's he's had a he's had a he's had a really good career. He's been think, great. He's underrated. You he, know, like I, yes, I, I, yes. For, w, the way WWE presents him and talks about yes, yeah. For, well, it's uh, also it's so difficult for someone who's the son of someone so legendary, and to what he basically did, which is like, I don't, and this was referenced in the video packages leading up. He's like, I didn't need to be dusty Rhodes' son anymore. And he went out on his own. He created a whole new gimmick that was completely unique to him and really made it work. And he's had a really long successful career and he looked really good tonight. He's 50 years old. He's wrestled a million matches and he was out there taking a, a lot of bumps and doing all sorts of stuff tonight. So I had a great performance by him. He, re- I think this match overachieved and I agree with what you said, Raj, when you said this is kind of what got you into wrestling in the first place. And if you were looking at this show for providing something that WWE does not a long kind of dramatic field match with a lot of blood and in tight storytelling is something that I don't think you're seeing on a lot of WWE shows this day. And I'm not a blood guy. I, I'm a I'm a story guy, but I thought they did just a, an amazing job. And you know, I I do think this was the best match that Dustin's had since the the last one I can remember is probably the uh, the WrestleMania match with Roddy Piper. And you know, WrestleMania and that was that was more gimmicky. That was more fun. This was a uh, it was it, it, this sucked you in, and that's hard to find nowadays. So I, I thought it was amazing. So they wanted to do this match at WrestleMania. Uh, right. When they were tagging up. And they were Goldust and Stardust, which is yeah, but they yeah. But the idea was to get to do this match at WrestleMania, and WWE basically didn't want to do it, and they didn't see that as a star match. But could you imagine if they had this kind of storyline, this kind of match, and then they had it at WrestleMania? I mean, that was that's that's a miss, that's a huge missed opportunity on WWE's behalf. The storytelling is different. You know, WWE, I mean, we see their storytelling, what it is. Um, WWE caps people off the people that, that they, if they're not fully invested themselves in doing it, they would never put that much attention uh-huh. into the two in those two talents, which is ridiculous. They should, they should do it with anybody who catches, but they don't. They saw uh-huh. Cody as Stardust, so that you know that tells you right right off the bat where where that match would have been. But moving on, we're never gonna. Yeah. So that. after this, we had the championship presentation where they were going to present the. Uh, that was cool. The, I mean, we'll tell, I had Bret Hart come out. He got a huge pop. I wasn't expecting to see him come out. Um, I and awesome. I thought that helped a lot because you have mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, who has, who, who, who's more respected right now in wrestling uh, history than Bret Hart that can come out and, you know, just add a little prestige to the title. He came out, he said some words, the crowd loved him. Did he fall uh, off the stage? I've, I've been seeing that. Like people are saying that he fell off the stage. I don't think he fell off the stage. I think he kind of like um, was, I think he was like limping or something on his way to down the ramp or something okay. like that. I, maybe if I, I didn't see it on the, on the broadcast that he fell off the stage, but maybe people there live saw something. I, I couldn't tell, but yeah, he came out. He called hangman page out. Hangman page came out. Then MJF came out. MJF cut uh, basically a uh, Miz promo, but really just a typical heel promo. Insulted everyone. I think he was great there. I thought MJ, MJF looked like a star here. For a guy that's only like I think twenty three. Twenty three. He's talented as hell. He's one he I know. So much, so much poise on the mic. Yeah, and to hang with a Bret Hart like He's Bret. Those guys I would add to that list, Raja. You asked me who I'd build it around. MJF yeah. for sure. I, yeah, I, but do you see him as a? Uh, do you see him as a, a Rick Rude or a Miz? I see he's yeah, he's 23 years old. He's still cutting his teeth. You shit I me. Mean, he's going to he's only going to get better. He's only going to improve. And with a company like this, where you get to show your backside, if you will, without having to be scared of being fired and doing so is when talents really feel, figure out who the hell they are. 
that guy still doesn't even know who he is as a man yet. Okay? I've always told you this. Every talent for them to figure out who the hell they are as a talent, they first have to figure out who they are as a man in life first. Who they are, where they're about, where their morals about. What is it that makes them them? Secondly, once they figure that out, then they can start playing around with turning the dial up and being themselves on another scale of, on, on 11, turning the volume up, right? So this, this kid's a kid. He's 23, and he's already this good. He's going to be really good. if WWE, I bet you WWE comes in and tries to gobble him up whenever, that, whenever his deal is up. He's going to be very good. But again, is he Miz or is he Rick Rude? You know I what I mean? Like, I don't like, see Rick Rude in there anywhere. What do you well, mean? Rick Rude, like you believe him. Right, like you believe, like he'll beat the hell out of you. He talks smack, but you believe it. Miz, you know. Oh, don't. I see. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't see Miz recruit. No, no, more Miz between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. But again, he's twenty-three years old. Well, we were talking. Me and Raj were talking uh, um, before we went on the air. Is basically like there's a line between being like the the smarmy heel that kind of runs away from a fight and kind of insults everyone. And then also having that kind of toughness that people can take you seriously as a major star. Yeah. And I said, I said, Ted DiBiase is like a guy who walked the line between like a guy who was like a smarmy kind of guy, but also when he got in the ring, you believed him. him. And maybe one day MJF, and I'm not going to say he's going to be Ted DiBiase because Ted DiBiase is one of the best wrestlers we've ever had. But at the same time, it's he needs to find maybe that kind of character because he's a natural heel and he's re- really poised on the microphone, which you, you, there's just not a lot of guys out there that have that kind of kind of watch his interview with that. What's that guy? Van Vliet. Chris, Van Vliet. That? Chris Van Vliet. Watch his interview with him. Holy crap. That's when I was like, this kid is going to be a man of honor one day. Go watch that when every fan wants in this get a chance. Watch it. Watch how natural he is in this. And he leads Chris Van Vliet through a lot of stuff. I know it sounds uh, uh, silly or whatnot, but I'm telling you, it shows him on the fly. Um, He's really good. He's really talented. And again, he's 23. So here's a problem when you're being a cutesy heel like that is you're not going to be taken seriously when it comes time to punch somebody in the face and people take you serious. Um, It's hard to do. That's why Miz is where he's at right now. Unfortunately, he's the baby face not getting over Um, because people don't believe he can fight his way out of paper bag. Whereas this kid's got to figure this out, and um, he's got to pull back eventually from the being the two cute and the the the, the, the one liners. It's so hard though because he is so talented, he is so funny, and it's an immediate reaction that we give him of being smart aleck and being so witty. You know what I mean? Instead of really drawing heat, heat. And uh, I just so, hope that he, he follows. You know what I'm saying? Ted DiBiase wasn't making these witty one. You know what I mean? He was kicking little kids' basketballs off stage, and he's, <laughs> he's being a dick. Yeah, I just, I, I just hope MGF, MJF, he follows the uh, Roddy Piper mold than yeah, the uh, too, the yeah. Miz mold. You know, like It'd be great for them. He could be so great for them. He's money. He he oh. he has that. Uh, he has a lot of the hardest stuff figured out. So wrapping up, then they had so MJF came up. He kind of like begged off, started head towards the back. Jungle Boy and Jimmy Havoc came out, basically beat up MJF. That was basically the end. And then Bret Hart hoisted up. We didn't really get a great look at the title. Um, yeah, yeah, they kind of yeah. That was kind of the whole point. Of the it was like we're going to show what yeah, the title looks like. It. And I don't know what you guys thought of the title. I know before uh, last, I think last night uh, during one of the Starcast events, they beat the uh, Nick Jackson basically buried the WWE twenty four seven title. A in 
it's dumb rules, but also just how bad it looked. And he's like, our titles are going to look cool. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what you guys thought about the, what the title looked like, the belt design or anything like that. I know Raj, you're passionate about your belt design. <laughs> I'm a belt guy. Uh, I thought it looked great. I, I actually really like that belt. That was is big. They promised it'd be a very big belt. Um, I liked it. It had that Magnum TA, you know, old school NWA, yes. but still modern enough that uh, it, uh, I, you know, I dug it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, it looks a lot like the IWGP Heavyweight Championship belt. I, and I, I think I think simplicity is is almost the best when it comes to these things. You don't have to have a huge logo on it or anything like that. It just and you want to be able to have it look prestigious, but not like tacky. Right. And and that's the thing with WWE right now, right, is they want the branding. So when they have the, you know, the Dolphins or who, whoever wins the world championship. Name of Boston, but, Raj. Right. But when they're holding the belt, they want the WWE to stand out. Mm-hmm. And whereas the old school wind, winged eagle, you know, the logo is small on there and it, it is very prestigious looking, but you didn't have the branding on there. And th- that's what they want now. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like this belt looked like a, the old school championship uh you know i thought i thought it was very cool so we had the semi-main event up next that was the young bucks versus the lucha brothers we got the whole video package leading up to that um this was i think what everyone expected a lot of spots a lot of flying a lot of uh pile driver like maneuvers uh tons of flips it was what you would expect seeing these two teams uh fight it out the crowd really liked it Uh, to me i thought it was a really good match i don't want to take away from it that much but i did think there's just a little too many of the near falls where moves where i think guys should have been pinned there's way too many uh big moves where guys were kicking out of everything personally i think i like a little bit of that but not that much uh and and but they had a really good back and forth match uh the young bucks ended up winning with the best Meltzer ever no i'm sorry that they won with the dave Meltzer driver mm-hmm. and uh, so they retain their t- the titles they had which were the uh triple a tag titles and the crowd loved it. I think both teams got over really well. They wanted to push tag team wrestling as being a real featured thing uh, in AEW. And by having a really long, uh, intense match like this in the semi-main event, I think they helped establish that. Yeah, this was this 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 match was awesome. I love this match. And here's the thing about false finishes. Look, they've already jumped the shark. This younger generation is already buried. Um, when you when you're having people kick out of DDTs and, and, and nip up and like fighting back immediately that was the beginning of the process of them of the younger generation bearing false finishes so now that that ship has sailed all right because we're well past that point okay um i go into this now just looking for the athleticism at this point and if i can get some storyline in there i'll take it but this was one of my favorite matches i'm just being straight up i love this match i i thought the fact like you said the crowd was really into it and yeah, there's gonna be some things where I'm rolling my eyes, going, "What in the how the hell do you kick out of that?" Sure, but I, I think where wrestling's going, whether you think that's unfortunate or fortunately, well, I think what helps is they have a diversity of matches. Like if you, you we expect the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers to have this kind of match. Cody versus Dustin was a different type of match, and when you can have those on the same show, I think that that really helps. When you're not just having the same kind of guys doing a million moves and guys kicking out of everything. That's what today's generation is doing? That's what many. Cody and, and, and Dustin are not part of today's generation. Let's be clear. I'm talking about the younger guys that are coming up on the way up, the Battle Royal guys. Um, all those young, all the other matches, what the, the, the pre-show matches. 
they're all they all have been doing this for quite a few years now of dudes jumping off of buildings and this and that and still kicking out of each other's stuff they've been doing it for years um and kicking out and now we're at a point where you have to take a shotgun to somebody and they do still kicks out also kick out of too <laughs> WWE's doing it too. I didn't think oh, yeah. See, I well, thought- the takeover shows. That's what I, I mean, I love the takeover shows. I think there's a little too much with that. I thought the Adam Cole, Johnny yeah. Gargano match, which everyone absolutely loved. And I don't want to like, bury that match, but I, I there was a point in the match where I was like, this is stupid. This, this shouldn't be happening anymore. They're going and to I- stab each other next. Where they, where those two guys were going, like, it's like, what? They're going to have to shoot each other or stab each other. Like, yeah. I was the same as you. I was really into that storyline too. And you're right. There's like, was the concrete right? Wasn't the, the two tickets? Yeah, so concrete? much was happening, and I was like, and it's like, oh, and I kicked out at two, and the announcers are shocked. And I'm at this point, I'm like, I'm not shocked at anything because they always kick out. But I, let's not. It talk starts about getting that. funny after a while because I don't want to get away from the, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers was a really good match. And yes. this is my this this for me was my favorite. I'm just being honest. This was my favorite match. I'm a homer before I say that. Sorry. So Matt, I, and we've, we've talked about this before when you have uh when you have Okada and, uh, and Omega wrestling and he's hitting a tombstone on the apron and then it's two count. It's like, well, that move didn't mean shit though. Then, right. Like it, that could not keep you down for three seconds. And that's ultimately what it, what it means right like you're hitting all these moves and you can't keep them down for three seconds and i i just feel like the kickouts i just thought it was annoying and uh yeah. like i like the the cody dustin that was my favorite match of the show because of that i i did like uh jericho and uh o- omega as well but i just thought it, it was like man at some point this is ridiculous um you're just what you're saying is like all these moves you're hitting don't mean shit because you can't keep the guy down for three seconds. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm subscribing to that when I'm going into it because everyone <laughs> else that's wrestling. Has. That's wrestling now. That is, that is what, uh, that's what gets the, this is awesome chance, right? You do a couple false finishes, yes. those uh, chants start up and, and then we go. I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle. I don't No. I'm not 100% sure what the Lucha Brothers contract status is. I believe, I don't think they've signed like an AEW deal. They have. They, have. They're, they are with AEW. They are finishing up okay. with uh, MW, uh, MLW. MLW. Yeah, because so, yeah. I know they've been, as, it's kind of funny, like three or four years ago, the Young Bucks were the most must-have independent tag team. They were everywhere. They're on every single show. A couple years ago, they signed exclusive like ROH New Japan contracts, and they kind of cut back on going to those. And then when they started doing that, the Lucha Brothers kind of filled that void, and they were just on every single show, you know, no matter how big, no matter how small, they were just everywhere. And with with, uh, Lucha Brothers looking like they're probably going to be cut back, basically do AEW and probably uh, obviously AAA still. Um, we'll see if another tag team comes in and fills that void as far as filling up all those indie dates, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, we got the main event was up next. The, it was Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Uh, this was uh, pretty much what you expected. They did a lot of brawling, a lot of stuff outside the ring, kind of similar to their match they had at Wrestle Kingdom. I thought this was a pretty good match. Matt, I think you were kind of right. The crowd kind of lost a little energy. It wasn't like they were necessarily bored, but it is hard to sustain that level for a long period of time. Uh, there was everyone, they all hit their big moves. I thought Kenny took a lot of bumps in this match, which makes sense because he's a lot younger than Chris, but I kind of felt bad for Kenny at this point because he took basically every big bump through tables and everything. Then he does the job clean. 
Then he takes the huge bump when Ambrose comes out and he, he was really had a kind of a thankless job tonight, taking all those bumps and uh, selling for all these guys. But anyway, it was a really good match. Uh, ended with Chris Jericho hitting his new finisher, which is the spinning back elbow, which he hit. It's called the Judas effect. The crowd, I don't think, was super ready for that to be the finisher, especially after watching the Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match where these guys were killing each other and getting kickouts, and then you had someone hit a back mm-hmm. elbow that was that, that pinned it, yeah. the guy in the main event. Uh, but like we said, you kind of have to do that to get some to get the move over. Uh, you have to have them win with it. So that's, of course, that ends the uh, – let's talk about the match first, and then maybe we'll, we'll talk about Moxley later, right after. But what did you guys think of the match? Great match. If I saw this – earlier in the daytime on tape, let's say, I would have lost my mind and said this was a great match. You know what I mean? But like I said, I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired. Maybe I had a very long day before I watched the pay-per-view. But those five hours just took forever for me. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't I – don't... I'm not going to hang on this, but I thought Jericho looked really out of shape. Um, he, he, he looked uh, like he hasn't worked out in a while. Um, See, I don't know how to judge that. You know what I mean? Because of his age, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't know ju- I don't know how to make a judgment on that. If he's, how old is he? He's, he's forty-eight. 40, huh? He's forty-eight. He's a, yeah. I don't know if he's getting comfortable with the paychecks or just that's the metabolism catching up. I don't know. I think he, I definitely I thought, agree yeah, that he didn't. He didn't look like he was in like super awesome shape, but I thought from what I could tell from like his his endurance, his cardio, his movement, yeah, right. I think the match was fine. I still think he still he was whatever conditioning he needed to be in to put on the mat to put on a good match. He was there for that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. I thought yeah, he was he was able to hold up his end, and I actually really liked liked this match. I thought it was a uh, mm-hmm. a, a strong main event. I thought uh, Jericho's a superstar. Um, he he carries himself like a top guy, and you believe it. You look at him, and he, he's. I, the guy, he's the top guy in that company right now. Yes. And uh, Omega, I feel like he's lost a step. Not not in the ring, but as far as star quality goes. Like when when I think of the top guy, I see Jericho, but I don't see Omega right now. And uh, mm. I, th- I thought he was really good in this match, but Jericho. Uh, I mean, Kenny's so my, he's my favorite guy to watch. No, he. Yeah, and I agree. I think in the ring, he's the best, but. Uh, I don't know. I think he kind of. I think he's kind of suffered where he he you know he lost the title to Tanahashi or Wrestle Kingdom, and then we really haven't seen him wrestle at all. And so I think in this in then he had this feud with Jericho, and the feud was really more about Jericho's promos than whatever Kenny was doing. So I there, do think he didn't come across maybe as big of a star as he probably is. There was no uh, story to this match, really, this time around. Yeah. I felt like. Yeah, the kind of phrase is like, oh, it's two guys from Winnipeg, which is like, I get it. It's cool. It's two guys right. from the same city. Um, but yeah, it didn't really feel like there was a you huge storyline for this, considering it was the main I, event. I don't think, you don't think Chris Jericho wanting a, a thank you is a good enough story? <laughs> I, I did think that. I thought, Jericho's post, I thought Jericho's post-match promo was actually oh, just a tremendous It was awesome. Here. His ability to control the, the crowd when he says something, the crowd kind of starts cheering and just goes, shut up, settle down. You <laughs> and then, of course, um, at while Jericho was cutting this promo, uh, the camera just cuts in John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, is just walking through the uh, arena, through the fans. The crowd is going, the crowd, I couldn't believe the pop for him when he came, when they realized it was him. Right. He out. 
Crowd goes crazy. He just gets in the ring. Jericho is still standing, kind of looking in the opposite corner. Like he kind of doesn't realize that Ambrose is out there, or I'm sorry, realizes Moxley is out there, which was Mm -hmm. hard to believe given the reaction that just happened for him. Uh, And then basically he just gave a quick double arm DDT to Jericho. He gave a quick double arm DDT to the referee. And then he. (laughs) That was great. That was awesome. I thought that was a great touch to just present him as this loose cannon guy. He really. Mm-hmm. There were times in WWE where I felt like this, but and I'm, this is I don't want to say he's going to be the, like the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he did kind of feel like that anti-hero that comes out and he's the babyface, but he really doesn't have any friends, doesn't really care what people think of him. Yep. He gave Kenny mm-hmm. a double arm DDT, or no, I'm sorry, he tried to give Kenny a double arm DDT. That. Kenny kind of tackled him through the ropes. They fought up to the ramp. They fought up onto the the stack of poker giant poker chips that they had as a decorative feature. Um, he gave him a double arm DDT on top of the poker chips and the crowd's going nuts. And then AEW goes off the air for the first pay-per-view with John Moxley sitting on top of the big thing of poker chips. And I thought this was an amazing finish to the pay-per-view. I think it makes you feel really enthusiastic about the future of the promotion. I think the fact that they kept that surprise up until the very end and went off the air with it really helped. And it looks like they're setting up a John Moxley, Kenny Omega feud, probably a match. I would assume that's going to be happening at the all in sequel, which they did announce. I don't think we said that earlier, but they did announce it. All out. Labor Day. Yep. Labor Day weekend, I think in Chicago. So that will be, I guess probably the next major AEW show they have the uh, Fighter Fest, but yeah, yeah the Fighter next Fest. big one. Yeah, they have Fighter Fest and they have um, Fight for the Fallen, which I think are going to be smaller shows. Um, right. And then, the, so I think the next big feuds will be. I think so. I think we can say that the um, the two big matches so far for All Out are going to be Hangman Page versus and Chris Jericho and uh, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, which I think is a really good first two matches to have on your show. Uh, oh, shit. These are, these, are, these are major, major. Like, him showing up, guys, I did not see that coming. Like, the show was about to run off the air, and I thought it was good enough. To, okay, Jericho's got his mm-hmm. He's going to go, go put over Hangman Page. Hangman Page is going to be a megastar once he beats Chris Jericho. This makes sense. And then I thought that was insanely amazing. That was really, really well done. Like you said, kept uh, the, the secret was well kept, and Moxley was feeling himself. Yep. John Moxley again. There's no question about doing all his freaking Axel Roseisms and, and the stuff that he always did on the Indies. And he that that, that was him, dialed up, um, and he was rejuvenated. More importantly, which is going to be good and exciting. And uh, let's just grade the let's grade the pay per view real quick because I think we've been a little bit. I mean, we're being super critical because we're tired, probably. <laughs> be this is an for me. There's no question about it. This was an A plus plus home run grand slam. Great alternative to WWE. They're gonna. This is the first major pay per view. Let's keep that in mind. They missed some shots here and there, and there's some things that could have been in better. Yes, of course. But let's be clear. This was the first pay per view um, with introducing new stars that nobody's ever heard of, but now hopefully will. Um, along with some major stars along the way, and they're only going to get better and being the alternative to WWE, which I think is really, really key to take home, don't you? I, I feel like in terms of history, storytelling, surprises, I thought this was the best pay-per-view I've seen in a long time. I can't, sure. you know, I can't, like, figure out what what uh, beat this, you know, as far as... It, Would you man over this? This oh over mania, uh, you know mania. You got the the spectacle, but this it just had that gritty feel and the you know the, and Moxley's the surprise and dust. Way dust more exciting. Okay, the whole lead up to this was exciting. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I thought it was. 
I thought it was just a great show all around. Yeah, like, I, I, I know people think I'm a mark for this kind of stuff, but I'll give it an A, too. I just thought it delivered on everything you expected it to deliver. And I thought I had a great buzz heading into it. Um, I was just yeah. looking at it was trending worldwide on Twitter. I think it might've been number one in the U S they said that I couldn't, I didn't look into it, but I remember like other big non WWE shows like all in and uh, the G one Supercard. I don't remember those really trending on Twitter that much. That doesn't mean everything. Uh, but right. I do feel like this kind of had a higher profile than those shows. And I think you had a lot of people that were interested in it. I know today just walking around, uh, you know, I went out to eat and I saw, you know, I was walking around the city and I saw a lot of people with wrestling shirts, like more than usual. Um, uh, and I awesome. think that was interesting if a lot of people, you know, were having parties, something like that. Um, did you guys watch it on uh, – did you guys buy it on pay-per-view? I, I used the BR Live stream, yeah. and I didn't have any problems. I was wondering yeah, if yeah, it was awesome on my phone. I got to watch it. You know what? It never asked me for my credit card <laughs> with the BR I Live. Had, yeah, I, I, I mean, I didn't have any problems with – I definitely I – it was. Uh, I, I didn't have any problems. I know they had a really big event, the uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Right. I golf. wanted to see that. Uh, they had that big golf uh, thing on Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving they Day. Gave it away for free. Or Black, or Black Friday, and they had like all sorts of problems with it. And with the show, it was. I it would have been a disaster if the, you know the feed had yeah. died or something like that. But once it was up, I didn't have any problems with it. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that was help. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was the fifty dollar pay per view price, which I know a lot of people were complaining about right. because. We're so used now to getting, you know, WWE Network or, or you know, New Japan World. They're all based, uh, under ten bucks, and now you're asking people to spend fifty dollars on a review, which not that long ago was what you did every month anyway. But a lot of people, I think, um, were turned off by that fact, thinking that they, you know, they had to pay fifty dollars for this. But I, I can't imagine. Hey, people, what did they expect otherwise? You know, like you no, know, they expected the streaming to, to pick it up. You just to be free. <laughs> Well, it's ten. They expected to pay ten dollars or maybe twenty dollars, and I don't know why the fifty dollar thing turned people off. I think people are just, you know, WWE did set the bar. There is a thing where uh, the Mayweather fight, right, when he fought Conor McGregor, that was a hundred bucks. That was worth it to me. Yeah, absolutely. This was great. Fifty bucks spent. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think that uh, if you if you sometimes have that higher price, it makes it feel like you're a bigger deal in in a weird way. You know, like. but AEW charging fifty bucks as opposed to ten, it makes it feel like it's a uh, it's more newsworthy or event worthy. I don't know, but it's it, a it, bigger deal to me. It brought them up, brought them up. My yeah, opinion. exactly. That's that's kind of how. I, yeah, yeah. I definitely think I I do think like if they're gonna have monthly pay per views, fifty dollars a month might become maybe. And we don't know that. We don't know their. Uh, yeah, we don't know what they're gonna do in a, that's for sure. I just I wonder if they're going to eventually integrate some form of streaming service because I think um, one of the things that's really I, I've liked about this show is that they you know Turner really worked hard to plug this. Um, you had them doing live reads during the NBA playoffs. Yeah, uh, Mark Albert, Albert plugged it, dude. Yeah, Mal, Marv Albert called Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, or something like that. Uh, but, but still, like I mean, that's a big deal. There are a lot of people watching the NBA. NBA playoffs. isn't that shit fake? But yeah, I mean, so I think there was a, I think there was a healthy buzz for this show, and I, I would like, I wonder eventually if we're gonna find, we probably will, but I don't know for fact, find out what the pay per view buys were. Uh, I do think heading into it, um, I think the uh, 
the expectation and just the being the first it, it uh, th- there was a curiosity there. I did think it got hurt big time by the hangman, you know, page Pac match being pulled off. I felt like going in the card itself was weaker than all in. If you just looked at it as, you know, the, the, the card itself, but this over delivered, I thought it was a, a amazing show. John Moxie, not advertising that when you're, you, because this isn't WWE, it's not streams. So by not advertising John Moxley ahead of time and getting those extra pay-per-view buys and doing that surprise, I, I, I dig that because that's what WCW would do back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the look of the show looked a lot like the not the bad days of Nitro, but the heyday of Nitro when you had the black ropes and, you know. Would you do the two entrance ways, you guys, because we used to do that TNA. I liked it. Yeah, I like the stage. It looked different. I think um, sometimes you can WWE has sometimes just the generic stage. I thought it was it was a nice touch to have the two With separate the baby entrances. entrance. Did you guys I liked like it that? In TNA. I liked it in TNA when they had like the the you know you had to walk up and then you had to walk down through. I thought that was a neat touch. You know what I didn't like though, Matt, is that they didn't mention it really. They didn't like make that a big deal. So why have it if you're not selling that on the pay per view? That's fair. You know, like say like there's a reason why. You have, you know, unless you're paying attention, most people don't know that. They should have showed Kong from behind. Her, they should show AJ from some reason walking behind, and they always they on TNA, and they'd also show Kong. Kong was like super impressive to film behind her, her back as she'd be walking out the tunnel, and just with that music, it just made the character even more. Um, cool. I thought it's a cool touch. Yeah, and the last thing I'd, I kind of want to think about this show is. Who, I mean, we're all big wrestling fans. We watch wrestling every week. I'd like to talk to people who who maybe had stopped watching WWE or hadn't watched wrestling in a really long time who found out about this and gave it a shot and find out what they thought. Because yeah. we talked about All In being kind of like a... Smart uh, when it, Yeah, it was smart. Guy. It was kind of like, like Raj referred to it when we talked about All In as like similar to ECW's One Night Stand, where it was kind of like a celebration of this one thing as opposed to... AEW, which was trying to get people interested in a new product and also build stuff for the future as opposed to just kind of having a one night only show. And I wonder how interested people are, because if you didn't want if you haven't watched wrestling in 10 years, it's very, very different, um, even if you yeah. recognize some of the names. I, I think the look of the talent, I'm just being honest, like think of those fans and see, remember the size of the talents, the, the stars that they used to watch. Goldberg, Sid, these guys were larger physically, humongous and jacked. Mm-hmm. They didn't get the memo that wrestling's changed because they haven't watched it in so many right, years, right? right. So they're they're going I know what they're going to think. Most of them are going to go, who the hell are these kids? They, they belong in a, in, a, in a half pipe somewhere skateboarding. They're wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, which is a shame because they're missing the athleticism part of this that the business has evolved. Yeah, well, you're definitely not going to get all well, the but I just I wonder if, if I told you like you need to see Creed two because the the fight is great at the end of the movie. No, no one gives a shit, right? Like you want to see it for the story and the movie itself. And I think that um, uh, if you want to get new fans in, you can't be um, hoping that they're attracted to the athleticism. You you got to get them into the characters and the storylines. But they don't have that time right away. We're talking to the fans clicking through the channels and what's going to make them stop again. 
Right, they, right. They, they're not going to get hit over the head with the storyline hammer for the last year worth of each character when they but, click in the stop. But do you think someone that doesn't watch wrestling cares about how well a, a match has worked? Like, you know, like, do no, they care? What, 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 he, what Jesse had said, though, ta- the uh, fans that used to watch that have gone away from watching, don't haven't watched the last 10 or 15 years. If they came back and watched today, what did they think of the pay-per-view? What I was saying is I think they would be let down with the size of the talents in today's wrestling all across the board. And I, I think I'm a, I think we're actually agreeing here because I, I think so, too. And I think that the the action is not going to bring people back. I think it needs to be the the large in life characters. And uh, I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest. When, Matt, when you were talking about flipping through the channels and stopping some, something, something. I think the simplest thing in wrestling is to appreciate is the athleticism. So if you're, if you see just a crazy match with a ton of athleticism that might get you to stop. And then if you stick around and you have those storylines, then right. the fans can become invested. Cause I, I guarantee if you ask survey a hundred fans that used to watch wrestling, but haven't in years and you ask them, why don't you watch? Most of them are going to say the stars aren't the same or Rock they don't left. have good storylines. Okay. There, there's no more stone cold anymore. Or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Right. And those are people who watched for one or two stars. And once they left, they're never, and those people are never coming back. But I mean, it remains to be said, I mean, look at, even if you just look at WWE's viewership from this year compared to three or four years ago, there's over a million wrestling fans who stopped watching, who were watching every week. Well, so so many of the wrestlers right now, uh, and and I'm, you know, I'm friends with a lot of these guys, but they look like normal guys. Uh, They're, they're not like macho man, like back in the day of Roddy Piper, where they stand out and, you know, no one would ever say like that guy reminds me of Macho Man Randy Savage because he was such a one, you know, uh, a once in a uh, one in generation personality. But uh, a lot of the guys today look like everyone else. And uh, I think that's where, that's where we need the, the, the characters or, you know, trying to, trying to come up with, like like what MJF is doing, and I and I I'm looking at him, and I think he he could probably figure it out. But becoming larger in life. Well, I think that's why so many people are high on Velveteen Dream. Yeah, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, like Velveteen Dream, like actually, like it, it, like I'm still not like sold on him, like actually being like a super amazing wrestler or having star or being a big star, but just because he's committed to a character and has a certain charisma that's different than a lot of people, people are willing to be. Oh my God, that guy has huge potential because he does. No. What is time out? I know that we don't have time for this, but what is your beef with his uh, wrestling? I think he's great. Yeah, I know. What well, I think he's. I think he's. I think he's fine. I just. I. I don't see him. I'm not sold on him. Like as like a can't miss guy. I think he has a lot of potential and he's worthy worth considering for a push and all that kind of stuff. I just don't see him and see that guy's going to be a huge huge star. Because Vince is, Vince is going to screw it up. That's why Vince yeah. is going to take it away from him and screw His it up. Promos are going to suck balls. But I look at Velveteen Dream. He because the wrestling uh, performance doesn't matter. to a certain point like you have to be good but you don't have to be benoit right you can be you can be cena i mean cena was never great in the ring and uh i see i see velveteen dream there like he he's got that personality you you use him right that dude is a superstar yeah i would hope so i I guess when i refer to when i refer to like I'm not just referring to like his ability for technical holds or like avoiding botching spots. I just, I don't know like if he can be a character that is on 
30 minutes of raw each and every week and can pull that off the entire way. He has the potential. I'm just, I guess I'm not. So I don't want to say like I'm bashing dream or anything like that. Because I definitely, I definitely, I definitely think he's got a ton of potential, but I, I was using him as a reference point as a guy who has that kind of character level that, right. um, you know, a guy like, uh, like I'll just throw out a name like, like a Johnny Gargano. Yeah, or Johnny Gargano, or like you know, Roderick Strong or Kyle O'Reilly, who are amazing workers, they're but not, they just don't they're, have not, that they're going nowhere on the main roster. They just don't have that character. Well, who is going somewhere on the main roster? <laughs> Aaron Corbin, right. I guess, and Lars. <laughs> Lars. Right. Yeah, they're gonna push Lars. Yes, he's right. <laughs> Velveteen Dream, though, I think he's money. I think I think Lars is money. The his uh, hopefully don't. you don't think so. I, I think, think he can do the formula and do what they need him to do, but I'm sorry. I, I, I don't I think his best case scenario is like Braun Strowman, and I think we've seen Strowman peak already. Well, that's that's he not his fault. That's the company's fault. They right? should have went over against Brock Lesnar when they had him and he was hot, and they screwed that up. He could be a Brock Lesnar right now if they, they pushed him right. Anyway, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, we got to shut up. I won't, I won't stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a long week. No, I know. And Raj, you were at Starcast, right? And I was at Starcast. We had a panel. It was awesome, man. Thanks for everyone that came out, and uh, man, thanks for everyone that would come up and 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 uh, you know, sometimes with the internet, you, you just see numbers and you forget that people are behind the numbers and and actually meeting the people. And it was, uh, it's always great. So uh, I'll always love meeting up with the. Fans of the site and and it really uh, really hits home. Like, I feel uh, like I feel like Starcast really helps these events. I think it helped all in, and I think it helped this one feel like it's a bigger deal because you have so much yeah. stuff going on. It kind of feels like a little mini WrestleMania where you have all these different events going on the weekend of, and not just people going to this one show. And yeah, it's helped and, wrestling fans become more social too, which is a needed skill among many of us. And almost everyone I talk to, it always goes back to Matt Morgan afterwards. It's like, oh yeah, great, and Matt. <laughs> so. Why isn't he? Why isn't he? Why wasn't he invited out to Starcast? <laughs> there we go. My favorite was a guy who was giving me shit the other day about eating my lifesavers on here, and I was this close, and I was going to keep it. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a diabetic. Right, and I usually have to take my insulin injection around the same time every every night, and I do it before um, we do this podcast. So if I'm low on sugar, I gotta take in sugar, or I go into diabetic shock. And I wanted to write that, and I was like, you know what? That's not fair. The fan doesn't know I'm diabetic. I'll just, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it off. But this the crap I'm talking about. You're lucky, you guys, and happy because I cut promos on every one of them. It's funny, man. Like I'll see like a thousand nice comments, right? And that one negative one that's like, what the fuck is that shirt you're wearing? <laughs> like, you know, and I just want to like go nuts. But uh <laughs> being a heel wrestler, because you can just go bananas on it as a heel. Right. I can do it. No one wouldn't say anything. The company couldn't say anything to me about it as long as I didn't curse. No. Now I'm in the city. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Well, uh, we will be back here. What is today? Is Saturday? It is, uh, it's Sunday here. I don't know. Yeah, now it's Sunday. You're still on Saturday, but I'm right. Um, we got like 40 minutes left on Saturday here, but uh, we'll be back Monday. Matt Morgan, Mayor Matt Morgan, myself, uh, Glenn Rubenstein, Jesse. Thank you so much, man. Thank sure. you for filling in. I'm glad to be on, guys. And uh, yeah, thank thanks everyone for tuning in, and we will see you again here Monday night on the Wrestling Podcast. Take care. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day, yes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.